Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard and welcome to Season 3 of the One Giant Mind Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with my brother-in-law, Nick DiMartina. Nick brought a great question to the mic, inquiring about the phenomenon of feeling like a victim, described as victimhood, and how best to, how best to respond and support uh, anyone that we might be in relationship with or encounter that um, identifies with being a victim. And I think the conversation that ensues is perhaps not what you expect. Hope you enjoy. So this one is in regards to victimhood. And I think it piggybacks off the, the conversation around depression and, yeah, being in, in, a, in a state of depression and, um, in, you know, wanting to be compassionate to people uh, that are, exp- I guess, experiencing what they're experiencing, but you may be identifying that they're in that victimhood. So maybe just unpacking victimhood in general, what it is for people that aren't aware if they've heard the word, but then also how if you notice it in someone else, how to best mm, navigate that situation and maybe bring it to light if possible, if that's... Yeah, it's one of those ones that is not entirely prescriptive to, to respond to because it's always relative to the uh, individual that you're interacting with, the extent of the trauma that caused them to feel like they have um, been a victim. Um, so, I mean, let's just define things a little bit first. When we talk about victimhood, don't like to put the word hood behind it, but when somebody feels like they are a victim, on one level, the chances are they very much have been someone who has been abused, has be, has been a victim, um, someone who has been discriminated against. They've been a victim of that. The word victim describes someone who's been subjected to something against their their will or uh, their desires, something that has that has happened to them, and in that moment or period of time, they have felt incapable or overpowered by what it is that has afflicted them to identify as being a victim. And that's just the reality of it. And there is a, again, a, a trend in the, what I would describe the pseudo-spiritual Western paradigm when I say pseudo-spiritual, it's, it looks and smells and tastes like something spiritual, but it's devoid of, of depth and substance that direct experience affords us. It's, it's, a, it's like a, a world of concepts that have been put strung together um, from reading you know, a library of self-help books. And a bunch of really, really groovy sounding ideas, but aren't necessarily understood nor applied in any nuanced way that yields what it suggests greater spirituality. 
So let, I've, I've used that term pseudo-spiritual a couple of times, so I need to define what I really mean by that. That's what I mean by it. Unembodied, unintegrated, you know, knowledge of things um, that can cause those things to be misused and cause confusion. So it's very trendy in the pseudo-spiritual paradigm to talk about, you know, getting over being a victim. There's no such thing as being a victim you know, you've got to find your power and, you know, get out of being the victim, which in, in essence is true. But to get to that, there's a pathway. And the first part of that, the starting gate of that pathway is to acknowledge fully and wholly how someone has in fact been a victim. If in fact they have, as I've described. And then secondarily, to take count of the, the, the degree of trauma that has been incurred as a result of being a victim of something like the, what I've described. And to allow ample time and space for that trauma to be acknowledged, felt, processed, a grieving to take place, and for a, a, a slow, gentle process of looking at what life is like beyond being a victim. In, in working with many of my clients, there have been those that have identified with being a victim. They actually describe themselves as a part of their identity as being a victim. And rather than me saying oh you, you can't describe yourself as being a victim because that's not actually who you are that'd be a very insensitive and uh, ineffective way of presenting a, a deeper truth that they will eventually arrive at if you are able to go on a journey with them it's it's very important to understand where they're at in their recovery process from the trauma that they experienced and meet them at that level and be very thorough in 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 assure in, in ensuring that they have had enough time to process what it was that they went through because generally if someone is still identifying themselves as a victim years after an experience or something they haven't had time or space to sufficiently process it because anybody that sufficiently processes any trauma properly comes out stronger so if they ha if they're not out stronger they just simply haven't had chance to go through the healing process and for me i see it as an opportunity to inquire as to where they're at what stage are they at and to listen very very deeply and and to support them on their journey and it may be the case that that part of their journey is that they still feel like something really bad happened to them and they're really angry about it. And they're not yet able to get to the part where they can forgive, let go, reconcile, trust. If they're not there, they're not there. It is a futile exercise trying to slap somebody with get over it <laughs> and quite frankly it's 
yeah, it's it, it's insensitive and it it's ineffective. So, if you are engaged with somebody that you're noticing is in in a identifying with being a victim in some way, and even if they don't declare themselves as being a victim, but they they react to life as if they're a victim, then I encourage you to meet them where they're at rather than judge them. It's like, oh, you're such a victim. You know, because in somebody who is entrenched in in feeling this way finds it very difficult to look at how they can take responsibility for their their behavior in the moment. They're completely identified with, well, this happened to me and this is why I'm behaving this way. It's a great exercise to meet somebody at the level that they're at and start having a conversation about what it was that they experienced that made them feel so mistrusting. Now, for some people, that might be easy to do. And for others, they'll run the opposite direction or they get very, very defensive. And they'll resist wanting to talk about it because it terrifies them to go there. And at the end of the day, we always have choice about who it is we we want to hang out with, who we need to hang out with. And if there is somebody that stretches your perceived capacity to be with them on that journey of healing through the trauma of what it is they feel they're a victim of, then it's very important at the very least to not antagonize them. Uh, No, at best, I beg your pardon. At the very least, leave them alone. At very best, don't antagonize them. And in an ideal scenario, communicate to them that you are here, you're present. You, You notice that there is this thing where they they feel like a victim and you would like to help them understand how to how to work through that and 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 make yourself make it known that you are willing if you are in fact willing you don't have to be but if you are let them know in the most non-confrontational way as possible you can say look I, i notice that you you can get very reactive about certain things and i feel like my presence or what I'm doing is triggering you and there's a sense of mistrust or something. And uh, I personally like to understand that more so that I can be more in this relationship. And I want you to know that, you know, I'm, I'm very open to listening about anything that might have happened in the past that my behavior might be triggering. Some people are ready to hear that, some people aren't. If they are, then... You know, you've got an opening there to continue evolving the relationship. If they're not, at the very least, try not to agitate them. Otherwise, you know, you might just have to remove yourself from the dynamic. And that's okay. That's also okay. We're not here to save each other in any absolute way. We're here to be of service to the extent that we can be. And we must know our limitations. A big part of our competency is knowing what we are capable of. And what we are not. And if you feel like it's too much, then it is okay to step back and go, I can't actually deal with this one. But we always want to err on the side of stretching ourselves. We want to err on the side of challenging ourselves a little bit to be there despite it being uncomfortable. 
that's my take on it. Was that helpful? Very much so. Yeah. Thank you. And you, you mentioned pseudo spiritual. I'd love to know, yeah, what's your definition of true spirituality? Vigilance and diligence to words I love. To the deeper sense of what's happening inside. And a commitment to the truth. And the truth being that which yields a sense of knowingness, greater open-heartedness, greater inclusiveness, and a desire to want to be more present for the world. And if there is anything in conflict with that, to, to be ever diligent. The extent to which you are spiritual, in my opinion, is the extent to which you hold yourself accountable in any moment to the truth. Irrespective of how uncomfortable it might feel. Spiritual prowess is the extent to which you are able to sit in the raging fires of the unresolved past and remain open, present, loving and attentive despite that discomfort. That's being spiritual because spirit, spirituality, spirit is the term to describe our essence to be of our essence and to be of the essence is to be of love and love is a consciousness event occurring in the present moment in relationship love only occurs when there are two things in relationship myself and reality spirituality is a, a phenomenon that is a, a continuum event unfolding that relies on one being present in the moment and committed to being expressive of love. And love is a, something that is being had inside and desires expression. And in the process of stabilizing that, making that the, 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 the constant experience, requires that we tend to whatever it is that is obstructing that. And the hallmark of being alive on the planet right now is that what we all have in common is we all have various flavors of obstruction. And a big part of our spirituality is reconciling that with love. That's my definition of it. And the more we do that, the more it yields the spirit of reality. I guess spiritual, spirituality is the, the merging of spirit and reality. I'm going to do a little play on words. We become aware of the spirit of reality. And the spirit of reality is an unbounded intelligence, benevolent intelligence that's seeking to elevate and uplift the whole thing. That's what it's doing. That's what the spirit is doing, elevating, uplifting infusing with greater life greater life force greater intelligence greater capability spirituality is the practice the the commitment to being as open a vessel for spirit to have its way with you to do that through you so that you can be more of that for it mm. thank you 
thank you for taking some time to listen to the One Giant Mind podcast. If you're somebody that hasn't yet got a regular meditation practice, One Giant Mind offers a couple of ways in which you can make that happen right now. You can go to onegiantmind.com and have a look at our teacher directory. We've got hundreds of teachers around the world teaching the One Giant Mind being technique, both in person and online. And if for whatever reason you're unable to get to one of those courses, you could download our free Learn to Meditate app. It's called One Giant Mind. It's got a 12-step course that'll get you started. And if you're already a regular meditator and feel deeply called to bring this beautiful practice into the world, we strongly encourage you to check out our One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy. We train passionate meditators to become powerful leaders in their community, equipped with tools to empower others to know themselves very intimately. We teach a powerful process of how to run a meditation course and facilitate the building and growing of a community. And we would love to welcome you into our global family of teachers. A special thanks to our show producer, Daniel Tucker, a.k.a. Spiritual Trady, our music composer, the one and only Ali Liberman, and all of the One Giant Mind team. <laughs>